Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Coffee with Clarissa on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome on this Friday afternoon. I thought we would turn our attention to some culture. Alexander Zemlinsky's opera premieres in Southeast Asia this July, adapted from Oscar Wilde's The Birthday of the Infantar. This version reframes the original by changing its setting to an elite girls' school in which the students are putting on production of the Infantar's birthday. In this production, an unsuspecting singer has been invited to play the dwarf. As the lines between performance and reality blur, the protagonist begins to understand his place in society with shattering consequences. Money FM 89.3 welcomes the three founders of the opera people, Shrida Mani, uh, co-founder and producer David Charles Tay and co-founder and lead singer Jonathan Charles Tay, all co-founders of this right to talk about Dwarf and the way in which opera can be used to tell stories and reflect upon contemporary issues. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Hi, Thank thanks you. for having us. Okay, first things first, it is officially your anniversary. Yes, yes. that's right. Of the company, so happy anniversary. I'm so glad you chose to spend some of it, at least, with us. So for the benefit of our listeners, why don't we start with Shrida? Could you please explain this adaptation of the original opera? Um, so the opera is actually from, the original opera is from 1922. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's written by a Viennese composer, Alexander Zemlinsky. Mm-hmm. And he based it on a short story by Oscar Wilde called The Birthday of the Infanta. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the original story, which is kind of a fairy tale, um, mm-hmm. it's the Queen of Spain's, or the Princess of Spain's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and a dwarf is presented to her as a present. Um, the dwarf, an interesting present. Yes, interesting present. The dwarf is kind of unaware of his own sort of, um, dwarfishness um, and he falls in love with her mm-hmm. um, but she eventually rejects his love and he sees himself in a mirror goes crazy and kills himself so okay. that's the that's the original story um, happy tale happy tale a happy fairy tale <laughs> um, but we um, we obviously have kind of changed that up um, mm-hmm. and we sort of tried to capture sort of the spirit of the dwarf of what of what like what it's like to be dwarfed mm-hmm. and to sort of interpret that in our own way in a way that makes sense for for us today um, so in our ad- adaptation we're looking um, more than looking at sort of um, uh, you know, a dwarf character. We're looking mm-hmm. at a person who would be a dwarf in society or someone of a lower social standing. Um, and we've sort of said it within sort of the elitism of of, of a school, of a, a school of, of wealthy girls who bring this person in as a kind of prank. Okay, yeah. that doesn't sound like a very happy story, but then that is <laughs> opera, isn't yes, it? Yes, that's right. <laughs> There's always heartbreak and betrayal and, and, and whatnot in opera. Now, I want to ask David this question. Why the Infanta's birthday in particular. Why this story? This is your second major production. Why this one? Well, whenever we discuss um, a production that we want to do, Mm. we also take into account who are the singers we have in Singapore Mm -hmm. and uh, how can we showcase them in the best way? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, very often things fall flat when you do them and you don't have the right people to do it. Sure. So when we find something with an interesting sort of... uh, tale and mm-hmm. it's not your conventional thing uh, and then we, we start to look at what are the roles and what does it require and do we have the people to do it uh, so that's how we landed on really on this on this show and it's a really short intense 80 minute to 90 minute 
kind of one-act opera mm-hmm. that it starts and goes very efficiently into the story and then you, you're immediately pulled in. So it's not like a long, drawn-out thing, which is also perfect for what we're trying to do. Okay. Um, Jonathan, are you singing in this? Yes, I am. Okay, tell us about your role. So David and I are actually sharing the role of the dwarf. Okay. And uh, he's on the 12th of July and mm-hmm. I'm on the 14th. Okay. I think it's... Um, it's it's quite a, 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 an interesting perspective because it this he's not really a monster or or some kind of creature, he's a regular person that I think comes into this situation, um, hopeful and of you know landing this role in mm-hmm. this in this show, and he sees the girl of his dreams, or the girl that he likes, mm-hmm. and, and he tries to make a move, but he doesn't know the 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 backdrop that is um, this. Elitism that is slowly going to swallow him up. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is a theme that actually recurs in classical opera and modern opera as well. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me more about the collaboration between the musical initiative and the opera people. Um, so the Musicians Initiative is an orchestra. They've actually been around for a while. They mm-hmm. used to be known as the Young Musicians Foundation Orchestra. Sure. Um, they just rebranded and we worked with them for our show last year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they are also a, kind of a collective of young mu- young musicians, orchestra, orchestra musicians, um, who are also trying to sort of do new things with classical music and sort of break into the into the scene and so we felt that they were sort of the right partners to to work with for the show and and for our show last year as well um and it seems that sort of the energy kind of feels right you know with 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 them and and we're both trying to sort of um do new things and and make our own kind of mark and put our own sort of footprint in in the scene here mm-hmm. um so it's been a very sort of fruitful collaboration f- um, for the last year okay yeah. we are speaking to the three co-founders of the opera people, Shrida Mani, David Charles Tay, and Jonathan Charles Tay. Now, I'm, I'm very interested in this. This is your, your second production. The company is very young. What, what is the uh, response to what you've been doing? Well, so far, I would say um, uh, the response has been very positive. Mm-hmm. We don't only do um, these main stage operas. So okay. since then, we have already done three to four smaller shows like concerts and mm-hmm. programs with the Esplanade and with uh, on our own in, in Singapore. And we really try to package classical music, as one would understand it, mm-hmm. uh, in a sort of different way that people can enjoy. Like recently, sure. we just did um, a recital series called mm-hmm. In Our Manner of Speaking, where we featured female perspectives and composers and writers. Mm-hmm. And uh, it turned out to be a very moving experience with poetry and um, and sort of acting put into a recital format. Okay. And uh, last year, the Love and Duty, uh, Il Re Pastore, the Mozart opera we did, um, was received very well. We sold out both shows and uh, people were sort of shocked because we replaced a lot of the Italian long drawn out uh, recitative with new English dialogue that we wrote. Mm-hmm. And this year, we are um, transforming that fairy tale um, into a very modern, relatable story. Okay. I mean, I'm thinking opera is quite a niche audience. Is it, is. it, is it growing? Is, it, is there a healthy interest among the younger uh, population? So surprisingly, um, the answer is yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that is simply because that there are a lot more um, young people who are interested in singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean... Um, not that opera is that is naturally sort of the first thing that people drift towards, but mm-hmm. 
because it is a sort of a particular style of singing, a particularly sort of, uh, I would say, sort of well-recognized style of singing that sure. a lot of children or, or, or teenagers who, for example, sing in choirs, they naturally kind of drift towards it um, as an area of interest because it sort of in some way represents the highest form of of like Western art singing, for example. Okay. So we do find that uh, in a lot of our shows, we actually do have quite a number of of audiences who are between, say, 18 and, and 30, largely because they have an interest in singing and they, they want to come listen to, to singers perform, mm-hmm. you know? And so how do you see that growing as far as the business is concerned? Are you going to be able to do more shows with them? Are you going to incorporate younger talent? Well, our, our show already has a pretty young young cast. I mean, mm-hmm. um, our... Our oldest cast member is just shy of forty, and he is the only—he's the only one. Um, I'm not going to ask the, who that the, is. The younger, the youngest. Um, well, it ain't one of us. <laughs> um, the youngest is uh, fifteen, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and um, and actually, the young ones are so into the sh- like so into the show. They're you know they're, yeah. when they come to rehearsal, they're like just there with us from beginning to end, and they're um, really into it. So I think for us, it's um, it's about knowing that this audience exists and mm-hmm. that they're sort of in some way hungry to to grow with what is available. And so we want to be able to provide um, sort of opportunities for for the singers mm-hmm. to be able to develop themselves, mm-hmm. and also um, you know. Shows that audiences can we can continually engage audiences with, you know. It sounds like a pretty symbiotic relationship yes. between your audience and yourself. Yes, exactly. Okay, um, that's interesting. I think because there's no precedent for much opera mm-hmm. with young people in Singapore, we don't have a tradition for it. Yeah, you know, and uh, in the in the rest of Asia, it's really quite a museum culture because mm-hmm. we received it from the West in say in the eighties, nineties, sure. and uh, they still do opera in a rather backward-looking way. Mm -hmm. But we come from a place where we are thinking if Netflix has to constantly churn out crazy, interesting stories to get you to tune in, Mm -hmm. why is opera still, you know, why are are a bunch of Asians wearing frills and Mm -hmm. pretending that we look European, you know, and and expecting people to care? So we come from a place where we want to tell our stories through these these shows, through this beautiful music. And uh, that's kind of... Yeah, what we set out to do. Okay, we're talking to the three co-founders of the Opera People, Trina Mani, David Charles Tay, and Jonathan Charles Tay. Let's let's go to Jonathan. What were the key challenges involved in this adaptation? I think first of all, it's the music. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we were first talking about the score, I went to take a look at it, and I was like, "Are you sure, guys? <laughs> it's very challenging music." But okay. the, I think. Are you tenor then? Yes, I'm a tenor. Okay. The uh, you know just not just the notes, but the 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 the, the language, the 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 music, the counting, all of it's tricky. Mm-hmm. And um, but I think with that comes very rewarding music as well because of the way that it comes together. Uh, it's it's very beautiful. Um, but also I think dramatically it's quite a. A challenge, and and it's it's uh, not just for myself, but f- you know for the whole cast to really come, and um, and because of the way we're setting it in a more theatrical manner, where mm-hmm. the audience is really close, okay, as well, 
it's a lot more real acting. It's not the, the big stage, you know, where they're far, far away from you and you just need to make everything look very big. Mm-hmm. You have to be a real person, mm-hmm. you know, having your heart broken or breaking somebody else's heart. But small motions. Yeah, like very, really real. Because you're close. Yeah, and they, and they have to see it and they have to believe it. So the subtleties become very important. Yes, yeah. And so I think that's um, the really exciting part about doing this piece. Okay, David, what about you? How did you prepare? You are the other dwarf. Yes, I am the other dwarf. Uh, how did I prepare? Lots of practice. <laughs> of <course. laughs> Opera singers lead a very solitary life because we have to practice a lot mm-hmm. and we can't go out and party all the time. Right. Uh, how did I prepare? I think uh, the concept that we came up with with our director, Edith Podesta, mm-hmm. uh, was something that we really discussed together to really make it something that we believe in. And uh, I think everybody will relate to it because we've all at some point been uh, sort of seen as lesser mm-hmm. or been... Well, uh, you're an artist, so the, right. already there, you, you know what that kind of bias can feel like. Right, there's that. And, and you know, as an artist uh, from Singapore and all my mm-hmm. peers and all my friends I grew up with are lawyers and bankers and exactly. doctors. And, I'm, you know, they think I live, live a glamorous life, but really, <laughs> you know, paying rent in New York is not easy. I can imagine. Uh, and, and also beyond that, just... Relating to people who, for example, are minority mm-hmm. or are um, economically not well to do, okay, um, or relating to people who have who have just seen as lesser than, mm-hmm. and and they In don't realize, form, yeah. and they don't even realize that they they are seen that way until they do, yeah. So th- having to go through that through a process of rehearsal and mm-hmm. and internalizing that can be very challenging, mm-hmm. but I think. It's really paying off, yeah. Okay. It sounds like an absolutely wonderful production, and I want as many of our listeners here on Money FM 89.3 to be able to go. So how can they get tickets? Are they still available? Yes, we definitely have tickets available. Um, they can be purchased on PTIX. Uh, you can visit our ticketing link at thedwarf.ptix.com. Um, and um, the tickets are also available uh, through the Esplanade website, which is linked to our ticketing page. Um, and the performances are on July 12th and 14th okay. at the Esplanade Annex Studio, um, 7.30 p.m. on July 12th and 5.00 p.m. on July 14th. All right. Well, I hope that you have full houses on both of those performances. Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. The three co-founders of the opera people, Trita Mani, David Charles Tay and Jonathan Charles Tay again. Happy anniversary as well. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. Thank you. You're on Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.